And we're back. Sorry for that brief interlude. No more technical issues, which is good. Um, what we're going to be doing today is our regular weekly show. I'm excited. Let me introduce ourselves real quick. Welcome to Mixed Media. We are a weekly show happening on Fridays at 7 p.m. live. Uh, if you're watching us wherever you are, go ahead and follow us real quick. Uh, subscribe to us if you're new to the channel because we do this every week and we want you to have a, a, a notification from when we do go live. And what we do is we talk about anything art-related, um, sort of media-related, whether it's philosophy or reviews or um, current events like we'll be doing today. We do all kinds of commentary on all kinds of things. And at the end of the day, these are our opinions, but what we really love is to hear your opinions too, which is why we have a live show. So if you're in the chat, you can just uh, chat with us at any time. Our family is nice and cozy sized. So if you chat, almost certainly uh, we'll comment on what you are saying, what your very opinion is, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll reply to it. So uh, welcome to the show. Uh, so let's uh, introduce ourselves. So my name is Irving Nestor. I'm a filmmaker and media entrepreneur. I own a company called Ariella. You can check out my website at ariella.co. That's the domain to the bottom right of the screen. Uh, I'm Nathan. I'm a 3D modeler and a uh, game developer. And I'm Ben. I'm a flute player, flutist, and a media composer. Before we start, uh, we had a new person uh, join our locals community. So this is a Thank you, Jonathan A., for joining us on uh, our Locals page. And what this Locals page allows us to do is increase the production value of the show, uh, get us generally we'll want to provide uh, some cool community community events down the line if we can get there. So we need your help at mixedmedia.locals.com. Uh, there's a ton of perks if you join at $5 a month. So without further ado, I believe Ben will be taking it away. Yeah, so um, this is going to initially be my... Uh my news segment for or my, my piece of news for our news segment, but um, I decided, you know, it's a pretty significant event in the musical world, even if it's not really a significant event in the, uh, the portion of the musical world, really it's a significant event, even if it's not part of the portion of the musical world that I occupy really extensive media coverage. So, you know, I figured it would be worth just kind of talking a little bit about the, uh, uh, tragedy at Astro World uh, last week, I think. I guess it was exactly a week ago. You know, rap isn't my thing in general. Live concerts of that sort are n I've never been to anything like that. It's not my style of music. So, you know, I, I'm not necessarily the best, like, spokesperson for this kind of stuff. But I'm just going to try and compile, you know, put together some stuff. It's all publicly out there. Um, but just to kind of give an overview of some of the problems with this. And then, you know, maybe if Yann kind of ask what the point of live music is, because I really think this is an example of what live music should not be. And, you know, ultimately, yeah, like there are, I'm going to point to some of the, you know, the, the known failures that are known at this moment by a whole bunch of people. But part of it also is just a cultural thing. And I don't know what what the answer to that is. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that. So um, basically what happened is, uh, in a very general way, a crowd of about 50,000 people was at this uh, Astro World concert last Friday. And 
while Travis Scott, the headliner, was performing. A mass casualty event is how it's described technically uh, occurred in which now uh, nine people are dead. Uh, I believe there's a nine-year-old who's still in a coma. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Who brought a nine-year-old to an Astro World concert? What? Yeah, I don't understand why a nine-year-old's at a Travis Scott concert. (laughs) That's kind of absurd. I don't know. Who know? I, I don't know any of the details. Whether you know, who knows? But yeah, so that's not good. I think eleven other people had to be uh, resuscitated with CPR, which is not good because uh, even if you survive immediately, uh, having CPR performed on you does not guarantee you a very high quality of life, especially in the uh, you know immediately afterwards. You kind of have to break the person's uh, ribs to attempt to restart their heart. Yeah, many, many other people were injured. The death toll was just went up yesterday to nine. It was eight prior to that. So this, you know, could, could continue to climb these people in car- who were in cardiac arrest. So that's a, that's a pretty significant event. And like I said, it's gotten a, lot, gotten a lot of media attention. So let's, let's start with some of the factors that, that you know, I, I think led to this. So number one, uh, we have Travis Scott. The rapper, who actually, as I, I just learned recently, is somehow tied to the world of media music because uh, his song, The Plan, is the theme song for Tenet. Oh, that's I right. I, I forgot that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I saw Tenet, yeah, I forgot that Travis Scott was in there. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, uh, Christopher Nolan called it uh, his song apparently the final piece to, to a year-long puzzle. Whatever that means. I've not seen the movie, so I, I don't know. But that, that's our media music connection. <laughs> kind of tenuous. But um, so he's a, he's a pretty popular rapper, I understand. I personally wouldn't know who is and isn't a popular rapper, but apparently he is. As, as concert would probably suggest, even if you, you, know, you didn't look that up and try and figure out based on his record sales and just general online popularity. So he's a pretty popular uh, artist. If you want and some so- uh, some uh, cultural context uh, like about his influence, I actually, I have a uh, disclaimer. I have not listened to a single uh, Travis Scott album. I've heard maybe uh, like two songs with Travis Scott involved. Well, three, if you count Tenant, I guess. <laughs> um and those weren't even his songs. He was just featured on them. So I, I, I don't know much about Tra- Travis Scott musically. But I will say I do know about his influence from uh, just kind of following the hip, hip-hop world. And he brought this, like, like it, it's hard to uh, understate how much of a force he was in terms of, like, changing the a lot of the sounds that are acceptable in hip-hop in terms of uh, his style. It's a very unique style. It's like psychedelic hip hop, I think, is the way that it's m- most people express express uh, Travis Travis Scott style. And Astro World was like considered to be like an instant classic the moment that it came out, which I have not listened to it yet, so I can't comment it personally. But yeah, okay. Well, that's more musical information than I could give you because I know very little. And what I've heard from him, uh, it's been pretty bland, but. Maybe it's not bland in the world of hip-hop. I don't know. So that's that's kind of besides the point, because my opinion doesn't really matter. Uh, the opinion of all of his fans clearly is, is the deciding thing here. 
Um, but in addition to being a very popular artist, um, he has a history of incidents at his concerts. So let's just review a couple of those that might, I think, in a, in a reasonable world, it should have given any concert orga- organizer some pause before allowing this guy to perform at this, this venue. So the first uh, big legal problem that he ran into is in 2015 at a concert called Lollapalooza, which I've heard of, but I don't, again, not my musical world. So that, he was arrested. Okay, what, the, the story that this is that um, five minutes into the concert, he played one song, and there are a bunch of people who were not able to get into the concert. They, for whatever reason, they were blocked by security for not having a, a ticket, and they were clearly on the perimeter of the uh, concert area. And he encouraged them to uh, ignore the security guards, use some vulgar language as well, and some vulgar gestures, and encourage them to break through the barricades and rush the stage. Uh, Did so he while that them to steal from him? <laughs> yeah, that was very interesting. <laughs> that you could look at it that way. So he was warned by someone, you know, higher up in the concert organization structure, uh, that if he continued saying this, they would shut down the concert. He ignored them. People started rushing the stage. They shut down the concert. Within five minutes of its start, he fled the stage because he re- realized, I guess, that this is a bad thing after you've been told he needed to not do this. Uh, he was arrested very shortly afterwards. And uh, was, uh, you know, misdemeanor criminal conviction and was ordered to be uh, supervised for a year uh, for reckless, reckless endangerment. You'd think that might be like a, a wake-up call, but clearly not. Uh, he later that year in Switzerland had an incident in which he was crowd surfing during his, his concert, and someone, whether intentionally or, or, or unintentionally, removed his shoe. And he encouraged the crowd to uh, attack this person for taking his shoe and personally spit on this person. So, so you know, he's he's... Again, this is while he's, I guess he's outside of the United States, so he's not being monitored under under terms of his conviction. Didn't the concert stop too? Didn't like he literally end the concert over that? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. I could be wrong, but I don't know. I don't know much about him either. But I thought I could have recalled something like that, but I could be remembering wrong. That that's very possible. We're going to get into the fact that you know he can stop concerts um, in in a moment, but. We're not quite there yet. So he has also gotten in trouble. So he got arrested in uh, 2017 at, let's see, I want to make sure I remember the name of this concert, at a, a, another performance at a North, a Northwest Arkansas Festival, where he again encouraged people to overrun security and, and security bears and come into his concert. So same thing. Um, he you know what had- I just realized? After mulling over my statement of him stealing him for himself, he's actually not. Because I think usually these people get contracted by the venue a total sum of money. And so he's essentially he's he's encouraging people to steal from the venue, which would make sense why the venue would be mad. And I wouldn't be surprised if for some of these cases, the venue is the one who's calling the police. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I, I understandable. 
FIFA is also not good things for him to do, uh, oh, as you can see from uh, from from what happened last week. Yeah, so for that, he un- under his his plea, he pleaded guilty again to um, you know reckless endangerment, um, but not not any real consequence there. Uh, again, he he was sued uh, again in in uh, 2017, uh, not criminally, but at a uh, concert called Terminal Five. He encouraged. I guess there's a like bal- several balconies. People, you know, like in a high-rise apartments or something, on balconies watching this um, concert. I don't know the exact venue, um, but he encouraged people to who are on the balconies to jump down. I've seen to video below. of that. Yeah, yeah. It's so encouraged them, and you know, saying you know, the, 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 all your friends here will catch you. And someone ended up falling, and that person sued him. And they, the person claimed that he he did not want to uh, jump, and he was he was actually pushed by uh, concert goers who were encouraged by this, and he felt that someone need, they need to help someone along in doing it. Uh, so that's also yeah, assault so it, on those people's behalf as it, well. <laughs> yeah, but that's probably harder to determine who actually did that. Fair. So. So he was uh, sued civilly for that, had to pay some money for that. So, yes, he has a history of that. Also, people, uh, three people were trampled at Astroworld in 2019. No one died. But clearly, you know, Astroworld, uh, his, his, you know, his big uh, homecoming uh, concert had that uh, potential. Okay. So I would think if you're a concert organizer, you'd want to keep this in mind about him when planning it's probably also a good idea to, to consider that you know this is uh his hometown right houston is his hometown where he's kind of viewed apparently as a kind of local celebrity as a kind of musical hero and it's also worth noting now whether you know how much this is easier to see in in retrospect and how you know it's questionable but it's very apparent for a lot of young people who were attending this concert felt that they needed to make up in their own in, using some of their own words from social media they need to make up for the fact that this concert was stolen from them last year because of covid i would think that again if you're a concert organizer understanding a little bit about your audience right young people with uh less sense of you know fear and danger and and more uh sense of uh kind of I'm going to enjoy life. And, you know, you'd think that these concert organizers would have a sense of kind of people who go to events like this might predict that that might be an attitude that some people would have. Again, it's pretty apparent now. You can look at all these people, and they're also sharing them, right? See all these social media posts saying they want to make up for this, you know, year that was stolen from them. So that's clearly a factor. And I would think that, you know, you want to anticipate something like that. So, you know, anticipate that people are going to be perhaps even uh, rowdier than usual. Clearly, that was not part of the calculus. Some other issues with this, uh, this event. So the security agency, which is called uh, Contemporary Services Corporation, so they have a number of issues as well. Uh, they've been fined three times recently by uh, Texas Safety Board for numerous safety violations, uh, among among which uh, are not li- uh, not licensed having properly licensed uh, security workers at such events. 
So they have a history of, of problems in Texas, at least. They do security for a lot of other things as well. Uh, I understand they are a special counterterrorism event group that has some uh, special qualification uh, for helping events, in, especially in like uh, back in, uh, I think they're founded uh, in, in response to uh, 9-11 and ensuring protection at uh, like football games and things like that. Um, they actually are, I'm a Washington Nationals fan. They apparently do security for the Washington Nationals as well. So, but I'm not aware of any uh, controversies outside of Texas. Ben, with you're, their, not, with you're, you're, not an, you're not an Orioles fan? What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, all I could say is halfway between Baltimore and, and Washington. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Some other issues. So they filed their uh, event plan only five days before the event, which is not standard. You're supposed to file these things much more in advance so that all the relevant um, municipal organizations can review them and giving their permit and understanding all the emergency action plans. So they're not really preparing for this. They are also apparently not did, did not do a good job with hiring. They brought people a lot of people in at the last second, people who were not licensed. Uh, there are interviews with people who worked for security saying that uh, either some of them some of them quit the day before because uh, they didn't know what they were doing, received no training, or uh, were just told just to follow along with what the other security guards were doing. And this sounds like that. a pattern that I recognize. <laughs> yeah. Also, the chief's, chief safety officer was not licensed to operate in the state of Texas. Safety officer for this event for them. So, again, not bringing in someone who knows uh, relevant Texas laws. So, again, a really, really good mark of uh, well-managed security. There's also a 56-page plan, which has been uh, leaked I guess, to CNN, I believe, is leaked to first, uh, in which they describe some other pretty disturbing things. Uh, there's a con, as part of a contract, um, these, these security workers were told they were under no circumstances to uh, answer to anyone from the media, uh, including, I guess they're told that if they were asked a question by the media to refer that, their questions to a non-existent employee. <laughs> okay. So, so that's, uh, you know, to me that says they understand that there's some issues and they're trying to deflect liability in the worst possible way. Uh, they're also instructed on their radio to, uh, in case anyone, you know, wants to collect the radio data afterwards, uh, not to refer to anyone who, who might die at this event as dead, but to refer to them as Smurfs. What? <laughs> Wait. What does Wait. that mean? <laughs> Wait, like, like, so, like, so, like they're, they're instructed to say that, like, oh, we have a Smurf in, you know, area, whatever. Oh, is this to prevent stampeding? Oh, is that code word? Yeah. yeah, so, no, to, well, I, I, I mean, it's not clear exactly why, but I, I, I would imagine that's because they don't want anyone to overhear the fact that there are dead people. Right, yeah. Okay. This is decided beforehand. So, that's, again, an admission that this is, a possibility. Okay, if they have right. to come up with a, a silly code word for dead people. Okay, so sounds like the the security company is is not doing its job, not only in not planning 
this event very, very well. Like I mentioned, you know, not taking into account uh, some of these cultural factors, right? People feeling like this event was stolen from them and they had to make up for it. Um, but and, and not really counting that much for who Travis Scott is, both to the local community there and just in general, what he's done. But just clearly doing a bad job at managing a concert uh, for any concert. They also twice on the on on the day of of the uh, tragedy uh, denied uh, access to the site to the district fire chief who wanted to inspect it. Why you would do that? Uh, I don't know. So, so, you know, again, that doesn't look good. Whether they're trying to, like, cover up for something or not, I don't know. Not my, I can't really speculate. But you'd think, again, that's a pretty bad sign if you can't get the district fire chief to inspect things during, you know, on the day that this occurred. Um, part of that, of course, is related to, I, I, I imagine, just the, the, the fact that Things were going pretty badly with this from from the start. Just released the other day, uh, I think maybe even today, earlier today uh, or late yesterday, was the uh, the call logs from you know emergency operators here, and we can see that the the first uh, incident reported, uh, uh, you know, injury needed medical attention at 6:50 a.m. That's pretty early in the day, given this concert occurs, what, like 15 hours later. Uh, so already really heightened, uh, heightened tension, heightened bad behavior, we'll say. Multiple instances uh, of, of very shortly after the, the festival was uh, open for people to come in, of the barricades being overrun by people who didn't have tickets, um, crushing a merchandise stand with all plenty of assurances that, that security had things under control despite that and despite that being kind of a warning if, if you know if people overrunning barricades and crushing merchandise areas at uh, 9 50 a.m uh again i'd think that would be a warning that things might get out of hand as you get to the big event Wait, quick question though: Is this just like general rowdiness, or is there like, is it just, you know, people are, are just on their toes to to get in and all that kind of stuff, or is this just like, I don't know, what is, what is the reason for it? So, I mean, it's hard to say exactly because when you got you know large crowds of people, who knows exactly why everyone does what they do? But this is not like directly encouraged by you know, uh, Tra- uh, Travis Scott. So, surprisingly, not this time. <laughs> no. <laughs> But but that, but I, I think at least to me that's just something about the mindset of a lot of, or at least some subset of the uh, the concert going population that day. Yeah, you know, and to and continue to insist that things are are going fine despite uh, if you look at the call logs, lots of uh, medical problems related to you know all sorts of things, people fighting each other, drug uh, overdoses. You can see a huge number already by, I think, you know, like 60 people, you know, I mean, to be evacuated by, by 3 p.m. So, again, you know, it's, it's yeah, it, it's just something about the, the environment here. And that's, that's before, that's, bef- that's still six hours before the concert. It sounds yeah. like, uh, like, like they're trying to recreate Woodstock or something, which, which is, oh. might be the vibe entirely. That I mean, if you people, if you look at uh, you know posts by people there, 
um, they, they mentioned Woodstock as mm. so yeah we're, we're kind of in that world so by the time we get to the actual concert okay we have 50,000 people watching him and you know he does his typical sort of thing of kind of encouraging people to rage and not that this doesn't seem like there needed to be a lot of encouragement for that <laughs> You know, and and it's a little hard to to know the exact dynamics of what occur at that moment because when you have fifty thousand people again, you know, it's not one one person deciding something and make, taking one action. So you know, a lot of collective actions going on at the same time. From what it sounds like, about fifteen minutes in, there's a big surge towards the front of the stage, and that caused a lot of panic. Thereafter, there are increasing uh, attempts by people to to halt the concert. Um, if you watch videos and this, which are, are pretty disturbing, and you can hear all the people screaming, you know, help, stop the concert, get medics, whatever, people climbing up to the cameraman and like trying to distract him, tell him like, stop, do whatever you can to stop the concert. Uh, clearly didn't happen. Not that, I don't know exactly what the cameraman could do, but probably more than someone in the crowd. And if you look at car logs, it became apparent uh, pretty, you know, pretty quickly that this was a, a, a big deal. Um, it was officially declared a mass casualty event at 9.52 p.m., and he continued performing for another 19 minutes. So nobody bothered to tell him to stop. Ah. To the, the point that his new spokesperson, uh, Stephanie Rawlings-Blake, who was the former mayor of Baltimore, who, you know, is, is, been, is lots of people are noting as the uh, interviewer said about her uh, when talking to her earlier today, uh, that she has experience with such tragic mass events. Uh, her, her, her main experience with that would be being the mayor of Baltimore during the Freddie Gray riots. Ah, oh, yes, I remember that. Yeah. So she's now serving as his spokesman. And her claim, uh, her defense of, of Travis Scott here is that he had absolutely no authority or ability to stop the concert, which is absolutely ridiculous because he not only is it very easy to do that, right? All you have to do is stop playing, okay? <laughs> yes, I mean, there are other people contractually who, uh, you know, higher up in the organization, concert organization structure, uh, who could unilaterally decide to stop things as they did at smartly those two times uh, in 2015 and 2017 that resulted in his arrest. Um, clearly, no one wanted to take that kind of action here, uh, which it clearly should have. Um, if just, you know, people starting to, after being encouraged to uh, break through the barricades, people starting to do that was enough to stop the concert and get him arrested, you know, within five minutes. I think something could have probably been done here. The fact that a mass ca mass casualty event was officially declared by by the uh, the police and the fire department, and he continued performing for another 19 minutes. Again, somebody should have stopped something, okay? And and they clearly could have. So that's you know on, on them, I would say. But all he has to do is stop playing, and it's not outlandish for him to do that because if you watch videos of this performance, he literally does that. At one point, he's they get his attention, and they, you know, he sees that someone towards the front is passed out, and he stops performing and calls for the medics to come remove this person who has passed out. 
and then he continued with the concert. So he literally stopped the concert during this concert when he saw someone and then continued. Okay, nice. so he literally could stop it at any point. That being said, it is like, it is like uh, a, not more, it's like, it's, it's like not an uncommon occurrence for someone to pass out in the middle of a concert and people like, the artist will be like, you know, stop or whatever. And they will continue. But I feel like the problem with this case is that it wasn't fully resolved when he continued. You know, like the person wasn't already at the, you know, wasn't already being taken care of when he continued. Right. But in, even even if the situation had been resolved at that point, that just illustrates that all he had to do was stop playing. And it would have stopped. Okay. Now, again, how much he actually, like, knew about the gravity of a situation is not clear. Um, according to Stephanie Rawlings Blake, after the concert, he went to Dave and Buster's to unwind. Um, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Travis Scott went to David Buster's. <laughs> no way. So, we we yes, have to yeah. take a moment to, to, to roast this guy real quick. <laughs> Rapper Travis Scott went to David Buster's after a mass casualty event to unwind, uh, I guess, to get it to, to play, play a few uh, uh, table games and, uh, and, and drink some cheap beer. If you're a rapper, that, Travis that, Scott. I, I, I'm just I'm just taking what Stephanie Rawlings Blake said today about him, uh, and apparently he didn't learn that uh, anything serious had happened until many hours later, and from that point <laughs> on, he's been very concerned. Wait, wait. I I don't know if I don't think I buy this. <laughs> <laughs> Only met. Okay. No, I mean that's that's kind of that's kind of the thing there. So I mean, it's not entirely clear exactly what he he knew, you know, at the moment. Clearly, he he was aware that some medical issue that that he you know got someone taken out for. So you know, it's again, it's not we can't know exactly what he was aware of at the time, but you'd think again that someone could have said something to him to tell him to stop, tell him that he had to stop. Or suggest yeah. that he stop, or any of those things, if in case he wasn't aware of, it, of the issues himself. In his his defense, he is is offered to pay for all the uh, funeral costs of anyone who has died, which I guess that's that's a good gesture. I don't know that that necessarily uh, compensates for what happened, um, and I'm sure he is going to be in a world of uh, legal problems along oh, with yeah. a whole bunch of other people here. Um, you know, it's, it's looking like a potential, you know, big class action lawsuit when you yeah. have 50,000 people. Um, it'd be a, a nightmare of, of legal culpability and money flowing out of... To give a again, different perspective, the, uh, a morbid perspective, but a true perspective, a few massive law firms looked at that and were like, oh, got to get in on this. That is actually how it works in real life. It's kind of weird, but that is how it works. So... So, I don't know. Clearly, a lot of things went wrong, and you can't exactly pin blame on uh, any one thing or one one person. You know, again, I think a lot of the problems too, which is in general cultural with with this kind of um, concert. Again, I've never been to one of these sort of events, um, but my understanding from people I know who, who have, and just watching videos from this, certainly, um, and, and you know people talking about it um it seems like a kind of environment where such things 
can happen because you know a lot of people who are young people who are very excitable um, lots of substances of various kinds which are you know helping encourage uh, reckless behavior um, just the general dynamic of crowds and how, how that tends to work um, again there's also the, the factors uh, related to this particular thing such as um, just being kind of his event his his hometown event where he's kind of a, a you know, literally kind of like a cultural hero to younger people. Um, the cancellation of this last year, which apparently seems like, uh, you know, some like right these people have, you know, had been stolen from them, at least according to some people. So, the, you know, those, those cultural factors, uh, clearly none of which were taken into account. Um, no one wanted to be proactive in doing anything about stopping this, which look, if you can stop, something like Lollapalooza five minutes into his performance and arrest him, whether arresting him is justified or not. If you can stop the performance five minutes in, this could have been stopped very easily, especially at the point at which it literally even declared a mass casualty event. Issues with security planning, issues with security staffing, obviously, um, also medical staffing as well, as I understand. Uh, Not enough medical personnel, not enough medical gear, Uh, in general, and also just apparently a lot of people felt that they couldn't even go out into the crowd to try and rescue people because they would be injured if they tried to do that. Uh, Again, which is something you probably need to account for how to to get people in. I don't know. I'm not a a mass event planner, but I think that's something that you want to calculate, put into your calculus beforehand. Also, make sure you have the appropriate number of medical personnel. So yeah, you know, it's a really unfortunate event. Um, again, and you know, hopefully, no further uh, deaths come from it. That's, I guess, that's sort of the sort of what happened, as much as we can kind of tell from right now and what what's known. Um, there are other reports that have been kind of shut down. To um, there was a report at one point about a a, a security guard who was uh, who passed out and had to be uh, given. Um, was it Naxalone? Is that how you, the, I have no idea. Yeah, the like the you know antidote for um, heroin overdose or, oh, or opioid overdose. Um, so that fueled some speculation that people were running around and stabbing you know people with needles and trying to. But that was apparently uh, it's been uh, disproven or or at least uh, contradicted by the uh, the police chief who says that um, the person was knocked unconscious by someone punching him in the head. Ah, I guess that's that's better. So I, was the person, I was the person given the drug antidote. <laughs> well, it seems like that's an inaccurate report. Um, oh, okay. So, so ho- at least it sounds like for for now, the, the, there was no one running around trying to uh, inject people with heroin. But again, still not a great thing. But if you're if you're gonna knock out a, a security guard by punching him in the head, again, just attesting to kind of nature of some people in the crowd here. Yes, so, yeah, Steph, just kind of Steph a, says it's called uh, naloxone, naloxone okay. or whatever, aka yeah, Narcan. I'm not, <laughs> okay. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a versed in medicine, so at least it sounds like that didn't happen. But you know, it sounds like we can learn more. You know, at any time, more details come out. Again, there are fifty thousand witnesses to to something. 
um, what they all witnessed, you know, is different, of course. Quick question, though. So a lot of those people who died in the surge, what did they die from? I'm not sure if I caught that. Yeah. So uh, the uh, official uh, um, report from the coroner is has not been uh, released, but it would stand to reason that it's mostly cardiac arrest. From what? Crowd <laughs> um, pressure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it was that. Oh, that's crazy. I can't even imagine that. Wow. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah. Again, just a really a tragic event all around. Seems like there's a lot of blame to go around uh, to to many people. Yeah. I don't know. It just makes me question. Again, not not that I ha- really have any right to speak to the, this because again, again, this is not the kind of musical event that I go to or know anything about but it makes me kind of think about you know what the role of of uh live music is you know is it kind of thing that should inspire you know such a like a a large group of people to have kind of uncontrolled responses and kind of go hand in hand with with substance use again it's going to kind of increase all of all of those emotions one of the lawyers for one of the people who who uh, died said that you know a music a, a live music concert is supposed to ins- quote, inspire catharsis. I suppose in a sense that's true. I certainly think there's a role for like a more active audience participation than you'd get from just like going and sitting down at a classical music concert and you know silently listening to things. And that's kind of a, a, a tension in classical music. Um, you know, that's not really how classical music was presented in, in some places in earlier centuries where it was more of kind of a festive atmosphere and, you know, people, you know, walking around outside and having a good time, but also paying attention to the music. I um, love it. It makes me episode just on that topic. That sounds interesting. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's the debate that we could, we can talk about. To me, I, I look at this and I'm like, is this really what live music should be and, and is supposed to be? I guess I personally don't see how like being part of such a large crowd and, you know, are you even enjoying like the music or is it kind of, is the music sort of a, a a side benefit to what's going on? I think there's Um, no like solution for all of it. I think that's definitely depends on what concert you're going to. Right. So like they said, if you go to like a, say a classical music concert, it's going to be very different than the Astro world concert. I think, for example, in like I say, a majority of rock, for example, I think part of it is the fact that it turns the performance into something that's participatory. So, like, when normally, like I say, at a classical music thing, you just you're just watching somebody do it, which is the point is that that's that is the point <laughs> that you are there live watching someone do it live. Where I say at a rock concert, that is maybe part of the point, but also part of the point is that you have a group of people who are like-minded, who are like doing things with you, who are singing with you, and stuff like that. Uh, like singing along, things like that. So I think in in concerts where, you know, there's like a crowd, you know, a standing crowd especially that are, you know, has a lot of people, it's like it's probably more because you're probably there more because uh, it, you're participating in like a group, in a group, a group thing, I guess. Yeah, I just, I mean, I guess my, my takeaway from like reading everything I've read about this is, you know, obviously address the uh, the problems like the you know structural things that led to this uh, as much as you can 
and there there are you know ways that these things are supposed to be handled. There are ways they can be handled, like shutting down his concert five minutes in in 2015. That clearly could have happened. So those things need to be fixed. But I, I don't know. My my other takeaway from kind of learning about this and watching videos is that I feel like there's maybe a push a little bit too far in like the you know social participatory direction and, and away from kind of like the, the the musical direction. And I think that quote of inspiring catharsis is, is, is important, but you can't allow like inspiring catharsis doesn't necessarily mean that like every a large group will lose complete control of themselves, I guess. So I feel like, I don't know, the pendulum is maybe too far to one side. If, if you know, a, a, a very sterile, like classical or opera, even more concert is on one end of the pendulum, this is the other end. And there's probably somewhere you need to meet in between um, because, I don't know, I mean, it's just, I, I, you shouldn't go to a, a musical event and die for it, right? Music is, is great, but it's not worth dying. It's not worth killing people over. Yeah, I was I was just sitting here trying to figure out what the name of the uh there's a Chevelle song. There's a uh a hard hard rock band Chevelle that is literally about people who mosh too hard at uh at uh rock concerts. Um I can't remember the name of the song, but if you do remember in the chat, uh, let me know. Um but the I I've been to uh I've been to a few concerts. Only one of them was anything like this. In fact, one of them uh was a Manchester Orchestra. Well, it was the lead center singer of Man of the Manchester Orchestra, uh which is a band, by the way, not a not an a literal orchestra. Um uh you know, uh soloing and that was very chill because it was literally the most somber music for like <laughs> a few hours. But um you know, we're all kind of together, like swaying along with the music. But like, I've been to a rock concert before. It wasn't the biggest. It was nothing like fifty thousand, maybe a thousand, maybe you know. <laughs> and it was indoors. But you become very keenly aware of the threat, or not the threat, the danger of a crowd very quickly. Not because the the, the particular uh, band that I went to did not have the type of people there that. Uh, would be particularly crazy or anything like that. But just the idea that if the crowd just starts running in a direction, that that is extremely dangerous because everyone's in one space. And like, if there's just some panic that I can't see and then other people cannot also see, then like everyone starts running and just becomes hysterical. And, you know, you have no idea uh, what could happen from that. But like one thing I, I you know, uh, being in that concert was like, there's like this weird thing that happens when it almost feels like, um, and this is probably what people really love about like participating in concerts. It, there's this like weird thing that almost feels like you like have this like spark happening with the people around you where you all love this one thing together. And in this moment, you're the thing that you love is like literally right there. And the person next to you loves the thing just as much as you do. And you all know the lyrics, you all know everything, and you all know probably something about each other because you all love the thing, you know what I mean? Um, and so when you're singing with each other, when you lock eyes with someone next to you, or like you, there's something that happens that feels like uh, the group becomes like a, almost like, I don't want to sound like weird or anything, but like just kind of like a, elevates itself like in a, in, as like a unit, 
It, and it's like a very unique thing that I've never experienced anywhere else besides that that rock concert. But I can also see how that same feeling, plus drugs particularly, <laughs> uh, couldn't could uh, create chaos very easily. <laughs> so to, yeah. to add on to that, I was while you guys were talking, I was thinking about more like, yeah, why why why, why do we go to uh, concerts like that? I think also it might have to do with like. So I was talking about how it's like the participatory thing before, but it's like normally if you're playing your an instrument on your own, let's say you are the performer, you gain joy out of playing your own instrument. But for people who like music or like that kind of music, they can't actually, they may not have the ability to do that themselves, either because they don't have the technical skill or because they uh, they, they they aren't good at making music, right? Um, <laughs> so being able to sing along makes you feel like you're part of part of the music now. Or at least that's my theory. I don't. I don't actually know. I haven't been to a concert, but uh, my theory is that uh, yeah, it, it makes you feel like a, a part of something that you can't be a part of otherwise because you don't have the skill to do it. Mm, yeah. I, I I suppose. I guess for me, like that's the sort of thing that like inspires me to like inspired and continues to inspire me to you know can you get better at least as as a player. Like, you know, I, I hear really awesome stuff and I'm like, I, I want to do that. So I'm going to like find a way to push myself to do it. But I guess that's not necessarily the kind of thing that you can easily do in some of these genres. Not that it's easy as a flute player to do that either. I have to you know push myself many hours every day to, to attempt to get to that level. So I guess I, I understand that. In any case, though, I've watched I've also watched many concerts online enough to know that it was particularly rock concerts, right? Because moshing is a cultural thing in rock. You know, you like flinging yourselves against each other. Like, and it can be quite, it is actually just straight up dangerous. I mean, just intentionally or not, like, I mean, you have elbows flying around everywhere and people don't have rules about this, this, this kind of thing. But one thing I've noticed, uh, you know, you watch these huge, like, I've actually watched Lollapalooza uh, sort of rock concerts and stuff like that. Um, on YouTube and what whatnot, and like one thing I noticed is that quite frequently they stop the the, uh, the concert if uh, the artist. I, I don't think it's directed by anyone. I, I've seen multiple times, you know, the artist will stop and say, "Hey, we're all trying to have fun here, but that's not cool because they just saw someone in a mosh pit punch someone else in the face or something like that, or like they see people being too rough or like trying to pull people in the, into the mosh pit that don't want to be in it. And there's just a common understanding. I think there should be at least amongst artists that like, you know, let the people have fun who want to have fun um, at their own risk in a way to a certain extent, of course, you don't want to create a risky atmosphere per se, but you know, also like you, you also should take the, the lead as a, as, as to what you're going to accept and not accept as to what people can do to each other. Like I've seen people literally like just, someone who's clearly trying to avoid the mosh pit, just literally grab their shirt and drag them in. I mean, that's literally assault, you know? So, and that should never be, never be allowed. So yeah, it's interesting. It doesn't sound like Travis Scott is inclined in that direction at all. <laughs> no, doesn't, it doesn't sound like that. I mean, even if you did stop the concert momentarily to get one person out of there, I mean, again, it just shows you that despite what, what his new spokesperson uh, might say, he literally could st- could have stopped the concert. So, yeah. The the Chevelle song the uh, get some is not that. <laughs> I, I oh, looked okay. up looked up the lyrics to to see. I was like, oh, I don't think so. And I looked up the meaning, and supposedly it's about American Idol. 
<laughs> okay, sorry. My bad. Also, one source says it's also about the time when Pete, who's the lead singer, uh, drank too much whiskey and passed out in his front lawn. So there's that too, apparently. <laughs> Got a little Chevelle. Would recommend, by the way, Chevelle. Yes, yes, I would. <laughs> Um, I'm going to assume his pockets are going to be emptied. And by the way, rappers are a lot less uh, rich in a lot of cases. Travis Scott is probably actually rich, but, you know, he probably isn't the kind of rich that you think he is. He's probably not a lot of, you know, people don't understand the tiers of rich that there are in society. And those tiers really do matter. And it also depends on how you acquired your wealth, whether you uh, understand how to use it in a productive and renewing way so like some people i mean if you were smart and you were doing things like travis scott was doing you'd probably have ten thousand insurance plans over your head that also pay for themselves in other ways you know that give you returns and like you know a whole bunch of layers of financial tools available to you that that people i mean frankly i don't even you know there there's so many different kinds of things out there like that but travis scott probably can't absorb like the kind of blow of a 50,000 people class action lawsuit, um, which people, uh, people don't, I don't think appreciate just how in jeopardy is from absolutely sinking in terms of wealth. So, because he's not that kind of rich, uh, you know, where he can just take it, if that makes sense. I don't want to cause no problems. I just want to live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. Me and my dons ain't mobsters, but you know when you see imposters. We know how to read them faces, same way you know how to read them comments. If you want to talk, let's talk. But around here, make sure you're walking, your talk is constant.